You're listening to. Whoa! Welcome to another episode of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. My name is Mervyn Yue, and this is a bonus episode of the Books and Boba podcast. Like I mentioned in last week's episode, I was down at San Diego Comic Con uh, last weekend and was able to get a really great interview with authors C.B. Lee, Arv Kwan, and Sarah Kuhn while we were there. This segment originally played on last week's episode of the Collabcast, which is the official podcast of collaboration that I also host and produce. Uh, but since it is an interview with all Asian American authors, we were in, and I thought it would be a great idea to cross-post um, the interview for Books and Boba as well. And since I kind to produce both, I made it happen. But before we get to the interview, a quick reminder that the Books and Boba July Book Club pick is A Tale for the Time Being by Ruth Ozeki. We'll be discussing that book in our next episode that will probably come out uh, later this week or this weekend. We um, were and I are getting together on Friday to discuss the book. So if you've already finished the book and you have thoughts that you'd like to bring up uh, for us on the podcast, uh, feel free to go to the Books and Boba Goodreads group uh, to let us know what you think. And we'll try to get your thoughts onto the podcast as well. So with that said, here's my interview uh, that I took at Comic-Con with C.B. Lee, the author of the Psychic series, Sarah Kuhn, the author of the Heroin Complex series, and R.F. Kwong, the author of The Poppy War. So yeah, hope you enjoy our interview. And uh, here we go. And we are here at Comic-Con. I am surrounded by a panel of super talented authors. We have uh, Sarah Kuhn, C.B. Lee, and R.F. Kong. Welcome to the podcast. Thank uh, you. Thank you. How, is, how are your cons going so far? Uh, Rebecca, I know um, this is your first one. How does it feel to be at Comic-Con? It's a lot, um, <laughs> but it's been really exciting. Um, I think Comic-Con for me so far has been a lot about meeting people I really admire and like meeting a lot of my heroes because I went to like a writer's party last night and there were so many people who I've like grown up reading their books or read their books recently and it was so cool to meet them in person and just like also like female writers I admire so like I was on a panel with Tomi Adeyemi and she's so cool and nice and like grounded and down to earth and so smart and I was like wow like I wouldn't be like you and obviously like meeting Sarah was a big deal for me because she means so much to so many Asian authors um Especially because of that paragraph about the hair streak that we talked about last night. Um, so yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, um, Sarah, yes. of course, friend of the podcast. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, how many comic cons have you been to now? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I've lost count. I mean, I used to come, you know, because I live in Los Angeles. It's pretty easy to drive down. So I used to come just as a fan. Like I would be like super stoked to go to like Gail Simone's Spotlight panel. Um, or, like, you used to be able to just walk into, like, I don't know, panels about Buffy or the X-Files or whatever. And now that just seems like I don't even know how that happened. Like, it seems so impossible now. So I've been coming for a while. Um, and definitely now it feels more overwhelming. And I think coming as an author is, is more overwhelming because 
you know, like it is work, like we were talking about before. There's so much you have to do. And also, um, like you were saying, you're meeting so many people that you like super admire or you're like, oh, I just read your book and I loved it. And um, I don't know how other authors feel, but I feel like uh, because I spend so much time in my head, I am a little awkward in person. So sometimes I'm like, oh, no, like I'm looking at that person. I really admire them. And like I'm trying to say the right thing. And so, yeah, it's I think whether it's your first or you've been coming a long time, it's always kind of overwhelming. Who's the person that got you the most uh, like tongue tied? <laughs> OK, so um, a couple of years ago, I think it was my debut year. It was when Heroin Complex came out. So like 2016. I am a huge fangirl for Nalini Singh, who writes a series of paranormal romances called Psy Changeling. And um, she's a woman of color, and the books often feature characters of color. And she is just, like, such an amazing writer. And so um, I think I had tweeted something. Like, someone had included us in, in the same tweet as, like, women of color, like, writers who were going... And I think I said something like, oh, I'm such a big fan or like, you know, I, I, I tweeted something. And then um, I saw her across the room at the Penguin Party and she kind of looked at me like, oh, you look kind of familiar. Like maybe I recognize you from something. And I just like ran away because <laughs> I just couldn't I couldn't think of like the perfect thing to say. And I was so nervous and I just love her so much. So hopefully someday I'll get the nerve up to actually speak to her. Just keep going to those things. <laughs> yeah, parties. I'll just keep going until I can talk to her. And CB, Carrie, how many Comic-Cons have you been to? This will be my third at, and or fourth. I'm trying to remember. No, okay, so I've gone. I've always, like, Comic-Con itself has always been a dream for me as a fan, just to mm -hmm. go. So I've gone once, like, very, very early 20s, and then um, I went, I, I had the opportunity to go again, I think, in 2014 as a fan. And I was just really excited just to be at Comic-Con as a fan and get to, like, see the wonder that is, like, Hall H and, mm -hmm. like, like play the line game and just get to. And then that was kind of when I was, like, an aspiring author working on my book for the first time. And then last year was the first time that I came back as, as a guest, as an author. And it was just so overwhelming just to see, like, my name on the placard and be like, oh, yeah, this is C.B. Lee. She's signing at this time. She's on this panel. And I was so overwhelmed. And I was on a panel with, um, this was at WonderCon, but it's it put on by Comic-Con. Yeah. But, yeah, like, yeah. I was on a panel with Mercedes Lackey. Mm. And I remember I brought, like, a backpack full of books. <laughs> with, oh, and also on the panel was um, Connie Willis. Mm. And um, so I brought a backpack full of books. Like, it was literally everybody else on the panel. <laughs> and before the panel started, like, usually the panelists, like, come and sit and, like, hang out and chat for a little bit before the panel starts. So I brought my backpack up to the stage and was like, hi, I love your book so much. You're amazing. Can, like, and I like, just kind of, like, flailed and had, like, that awkward fan moment where I asked to, like, sign their, if they could sign my books because I <laughs> thought they were amazing. And then I had the awkward moment where I, I didn't introduce myself. Like, I was like, wait. Now I have to like sit down at my seat. I'm also on this panel. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. And um, but it was fun. They were really, really nice and wonderful, and it was it was really exciting. But I think the what's amazing about Comic Con is the magic of it. It's just it's a convention that brings together so many fans, so many people who are passionate about what they love, and whether you're like a creator or. Um, someone who just loves the work it's and or both it's and you know like talking um, touching on what Sarah said about like who, how different it is to be 
like it's very hard to be like there's so many things I want to do but I can't because I may like oh I'm on this panel so I can't attend this other panel at the same time and so like okay so now I'm here for work but it's 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 a dual. I don't know. It's a double. And you're you're busy at this con too. You have like a, a gajillion panels that you're on. Apparently, <laughs> I've been. I'm on a panel like every day, and it's it's. I love it, but at the same time, I'm I'm very excited to be able to chat with so many amazing people. But there's also so many things I want to like go see, <laughs> and like you 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 have that like fear of missing out <laughs> over so many things. But you know, it's Comic Con. There's always something happening, and you know. It's it's that like impossibility where you're like, well, I'm on one side of the con. A cool thing is happening like all the way on the other side, and yeah. you just try to like do the best you can and like see that you know whatever you are like that experience is just make the best of it and you can have a great time. Yeah. Well, I know you all haven't had much time to walk the floor so far, but uh, what are you most excited to see? Um, I had a little bit of time to walk around the booksellers' um, booths just to, like, steal books from them. Uh, I'm really excited about... Uh, I was going to go buy a copy of um, Kill the Farm Boy by Delilah Dawson and Kevin Hearn, and they just gave me one and signed it, so I'm really, really excited to read that. Um, I'll probably go back to the Delray booth and ask for more free books, because <laughs> a lot of my favorite authors are at Delray. Um, I might go raid the Harper Voyager booth, too. Is, yes. that like a, is that like a perk as authors you get? Yes. yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Like sometimes I just like email my editor and I'm like, this book sounds really good. And he's like, a package is on the way. <laughs> I know what you're, you're asking for. Awesome. Just drop that little hint, right? <laughs> How about you? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I'm a fan of... So many things, but yeah, I also like to go and, and get free books and stuff. And um, you know, Nalini Singh isn't here this year, but she and I are both under Penguin Random House. So now, whenever she has a book come out, I always sort of like do the same thing. I like nudge my publicist. Oh, hey, I saw there's a new book out. Um, so yeah, that's really awesome. And and there are a lot of um, opportunities. Like, there are a lot of um, opportunities, I guess, here to get like awesome books like just as they've come out or like mm-hmm. maybe right before they come out and get them signed mm-hmm. by authors and so yeah that's I, I agree that that's really one of the coolest parts that I still fangirl over yeah <laughs> I yesterday so you know when you you get your badge they give you that giant bag yeah, yeah. you can fill with stuff because it's convenient and so before um, when I was prepping to go to the Kanye show I was like oh I'm going to leave this at the hotel because I don't I'm not going to I don't want to carry this huge thing I don't no need it no one wants to carry that I don't thing. need yeah. it but at the con I acquired so many books <laughs> that like and I had like a small bag and both bags broke oh so no eventually oh no I, like, eventually when I was at Penguin I was like oh they were so nice they gave me yeah. a tote bag and I was like okay great and now I can carry all my books but I'm, I'm I think it's one of the greatest things about Comic Con is you get to like see all the like the new arcs and all the authors are here and you get to chat and like flail with them and have those like really great like I love your work wait no I love your work and um it's it's one of the best parts of like I feel like it's it's not really a well-known aspect that there's there's a huge literary presence at Comic-Con you know most people think like Comic-Con is all all comics but there's you know like a lot of publishers are here and it's a big promotional especially for like books that have that like fantasy sci-fi element and even just like 
contemporary romance, everything that like you know they want to be like, hey, if you're here, you're a fan. Whether and you can be, you can be a fan of books. Yeah, that's that's a huge part of of being here. So that's really exciting, and I love love that aspect of Comic Con. That's awesome. So all of you are also on a bunch of panels throughout the weekend. Um, you know, as as writers of color, you know, a lot of the topics that you're called on to speak on usually involve diversity, representation, um, and all three of you have books published that are centered on like Asian American or Asian characters that are still very much not, there's not enough of that in, in the world. Um, how does it feel to be like representing that voice? I mean, yes, I think that it's, the representation is increasing um, among authors. I mean, the fact that we can have this roundtable at Comic-Con is, like, really awesome because I think, you know, a lot of times when you come out with something and you're author of color and you're also writing protagonists of color, there is a point where sometimes you feel like you're always maybe the only one on certain panels or, you know, if there's, like more than one author of color it's like automatically a diversity panel <laughs> or you know like there's sort of weird things like that that I do feel like are shifting and and changing slowly mm-hmm. and I'm super excited to see everything that's sort of been coming out um, you know since I was here with the first book two years ago I'm super excited about everything that's coming out now. I, I'm so excited about Rebecca's book and, like, how much amazing buzz it's getting and how, you know, like, there's some of those books that you just start seeing everywhere and you feel like it's sort of um, penetrated outside of your, your circle, right? Because, yeah. like, in my circle, like, my, my very curated Twitter feed, I'm used to seeing every Asian book by every Asian person. And I'm like, yeah, because all my friends have really good taste. And a, lot of, a lot of my friends are Asian. Like, of course, like, we're promoting each other's work. Um, so I think it's exciting to then see um, some of, like, a lot of the books that are coming out now, like, sort of going beyond those circles even and, and being able to see them everywhere. And I feel like Rebecca's book is one that I am, like, seeing everywhere and I think that's just so exciting. And I just want there to be more. I want there to be more in, like, every subgenre, mm-hmm. you know. Um, like, we write very different sort of, like, subgenres of fantasy. Um, and so I think it's cool that, like, there's starting to be representation in all of those subgenres instead of maybe just, like, one every few years. Yeah. And it's nice to see, like, Asian-American stories or Asian stories that don't have to deal with just, like... Right overcoming your yes. parental yeah. like pressures it's and not just about the struggle yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that, like especially what you said about genres is that we need more stories in every possible genre and I love seeing that the landscape is really changing as and it's really building upon who has come before you know and I you know when when we first met that was when our books came out the same year so um, heroin complex and not your sidekick were out the same year and we both met because we're like hey we both have like asian american superheroines and um we also met like paul kruger at the time who had um an asian american super powered uh main character and we're like hey we're like you know we're all it's a genre now (laughs) three of us it's a genre official (laughs) subgenre but you know it's for the longest time um i can remember just growing up and seeing what was available like you had like amy tan laura siep and there was a lot of like historical fiction there was like memoir and there was some contemporary but there wasn't a lot of genre fiction 
And I love being able to see that change because a lot of what genre fiction represents is like projecting yourself into like new and fantastic worlds, like whether it's like the future or a fan- high fantasy or a contemporary fantasy or urban fantasy. It's really that like power of imagination where if you can see yourself in the future or in, in the fantasy, like being the chosen one or kicking, you know, kicking ass with demon cupcakes, you know, like, or, you know, it's, you can have more power in the present, I think, because it's, it's that, it's that mirror, you yeah. know, it's like, you know, growing up with like Star Wars and did just with when Kelly Marie Tran was like announced as like Rose I'm like oh my god there's like I get to be in Star Wars <laughs> um, I think on that note I think something really cool I've been seeing is that younger hopeful Asian writers today have so many more role models to look up to like it means the world to me when I get an email from a Chinese girl who's like, I didn't imagine that I could like write about my family history mm-hmm. and have it be published. And then I read your book and this speaks to me like, like nothing I've read has before. And that's like, that's so weird because that's exactly how I felt about authors like Cindy Pond and mm. Ken Liu and Sarah. And like when I was trying to get published, I was looking at like this list of Asian authors I could count on two hands, right? Um, and thinking, okay, if they could do it, I can. And I feel like there's so many more of us now. Um, I read a lot of like Asian books by Asian authors for review. And just like in the next couple months, there's so many and they're all speculative and a lot like there are YA books, there are adult fantasy books. And I feel like there's just such a richness of literature coming out and that doesn't mean that everything's equal and everything is solved and perfect but there's so many more Asian authors and there's a community and like hopeful writers see that happening and like know that the possibilities are opening up for them and that's really cool yeah yeah I I mean first that is that is like I can't like second that enough Mm -hmm. because I I feel like um, like even when my book was announced and um, you know, it maybe wasn't as many yet. Still, the people who had come before, like Cindy Pond and Melinda Lowe, mm-hmm. and then people who maybe weren't fantasy but were in other kinds of genre fiction, like Naomi Hirahara, mm-hmm. um, uh, they were just so amazing. Like, they would like reach out to me and just be like, Oh, can we like do anything for you? Can we like answer any questions? Can we provide support? And I think that's so, so important because it's true. It's sort of like if you don't see it, like you don't really know it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, like, like, for me, for a long time, even though there were like Asian American authors here and there doing like different kinds of genre fiction and I would always like go to them like a magnet I it still took me a long time to be like I could actually write this story that's a superhero story that's not about a white person and it would maybe like go somewhere you know so I I do hope that um yeah a lot of like readers who are coming into it now are are seeing that there's more of these books and realizing, like, you actually can do this. Like, you can write this story. It will sell. The audience is definitely there for it. Um, And hopefully they can, like, internalize that and carry it forward. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. You hear this um, narrative over and over again. And I'm interested, like, because, um, you know, we were at a screening of Tell the Boys I Love Before at Netflix, and Jenny was talking about, Jenny Han, the author, was talking about how the publisher really, really wanted her to make the main character not Asian. Right. Um, did you have any pressures to do that for your books? Well, every single character in the Poppy War is 
Asian, so it would have been really yes. weird to have a random yes. person. <laughs> but, but that's awesome that you can, like, we're at a point now where you can pitch a story taking place in that world, and it's like, sure, go do it. Yeah. Right? I think one of the, like, one of the most amazing things, so I'm published with Interlude Press, and they are a, um, they're a publishing house that started in 2014, so they're new, but, but basically the focus is that they're publishing books, all the protagonists are from the LGBTQ community, and one of the interesting things about, uh, so when I pitched um, the Sidekick Squad series, it was originally going to be one novel, and I was like, oh, it's going to be this fun novel with this Asian American girl at the center. And then um, as I was writing it, I was like, oh, actually, the story is bigger. Um, is it okay if it's a series? And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're totally into it. And because it's the press itself, the mission is just to like publish queer writers and have, you know, get more of these stories access. It was, um, I feel like the, the intersection of myself also being a woman of color and being a queer woman of color, that when, when the book was announced, you know, and like Sarah was talking about the community, I, I had no idea what to expect. I was just so overwhelmed by the love and support from, especially from the Asian American community, when, when the, the cover was revealed with just like the blurb. And I was at like, I was at work the whole, the whole weekend when it was announced. So I didn't see, I knew that it had been announced like on Tumblr and like on Twitter and all this stuff. And so I didn't see it until like a few days after. And by the end, so it was announced on like a Friday. And then I finally had time to look at it on a Sunday. And it had like over like 5,000 shares on Tumblr. And I went through the tags and a lot of people picked up the the main character's name is Jessica Tran. Mm -hmm. And then it's very clear in the, in the, um, back copy that her the love the love interest is a girl, and so a lot of people were very excited about it. And I, you know, coming from being like you know I was very new to publishing, I didn't didn't know what to expect. Just seeing how much support there was, and it really it was it was a lot of it was the community that really drove the book forward. And if it wasn't for like you know like I met Cindy Pond at a conference, and it was an instant. She is so amazing, and she instantly was like, "What can I do? What can I?" And then she did like a giveaway for my book, and wow. she was so wonderful. And I, you know, I met Melinda Lowe, and I had the opportunity to be um, at. Um, she was a, a mentor at Lambda Literary, so I was. I did a, um, a writer's fellowship there, and so she was my mentor. And just being able to chat with with her about like how much her book meant to me, and how you know, it's it's really interesting to see how far we've come in just the like past five years, ten years, and I'm so excited for Rebecca's book and just what it means to see these amazing Asian American authors kind of blazing forward yeah. with with so many yeah. wonderful and diverse ideas within the community. Like we saw like American Panda. We have yeah, I love American um, Panda. We have from Twinkle with Love, yeah. we have and Maureen Goose mm-hmm. books, mm-hmm. amazing. Astonishing color of after, yes, yes, and All the of picture them. us in the light. Yeah, and there's there's so many new and amazing books, and I feel like it's really because like you know like one step forward and we all step forward yeah yeah Yeah. it's been really cool to see just like entering through um, my book club podcast Books and Boba and be introduced to like Asian American book Twitter yeah and you know talking to authors and like I mean we were turned on to um, Rebecca's book when we were talking to Fonda Lee, mm. interviewing her about her book, she was like, if you like this book, you should check out yeah. Poppy Wars, yeah. check out um, Peace Brow Chen. 
I think it's I mean I think that's great that we can all like raise each other up like that um, and to, to sort of answer your um, your first question I I um, when I was writing heroin complex I remember that it, when it was just at the writing stage like I didn't have an agent I didn't you know I hadn't sold anything um, a lot of times people would say to me white people would say to me well this is great but one it's very niche which I was like (laughs) it's superheroes literally the number one movie every week is superhero movie what is niche oh what could be different about this one I wonder um or it would be like well you're that's gonna be a question that comes up you're gonna have to make both of them white or one of them white they can't both be Asian like that's ridiculous um and it was just, I mean, I guess I had just reached a point where I had struggled for so long to, like, really let myself center Asian characters and center characters who look like me that I, I think I was just like, I'm just going to go for it. Like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> you know, I worked so hard to get to this point. I'm just going to go for it. And once it got to sort of, like, the stage where it was, like, on submission and it was selling and I, you know, or before that when I got my agent... No one I ended up working with said that, you know, and I was braced for it. I was braced for it every time. Like, I was braced for it with the cover, like, oh, I'm going to have to fight to make sure they're not whitewashed or that we can even put their faces on the cover, period. And that didn't happen. They hired an Asian-American artist, Jason Chan, and he did an amazing job. And so it's interesting because I feel like there were all these points because of what people had said to me while I was writing it where I was, like, braced for like this fight and then (laughs) thankfully it didn't happen I mean I think it's kind of like um, Melinda Lowe wrote that great essay about like self-rejection like how before you even start or before you're even doing something you're like well I can't do this because of X because it always has to be a white person always has to be a straight person whatever and I mean I think what is hopeful now is that we're seeing that that really isn't true Yeah. yeah that's actually that's super positive to hear that <laughs> once it actually got down to it there was no no problem yeah i mean i think still i got some uh some rejections from editors that use the the word niche which i still side eye whenever i see it about anything by an author of color um but yeah i know everybody that i've worked with has been uh really fantastic um, and also, I just wanted to say, I like that the common thread here is that we all think Cindy Pond rocks. Yeah. <laughs> She's amazing. Oh, I wanted to add to an earlier point. There is okay. so much love in the writing, like the Asian-American writing community. Like, everyone is so supportive of each other's books. Like, when I, when the Poppy Wars coming out, like, so many people, like, read it and boosted it and, like, reached out to me and, like, gave me advice. And I was like, you're all heroes to me. Like, I'm not your colleague. Like, what is this? And they just... Just like it's like one big family and we yeah. just like all adopt each other and it's really cool because Sarah and I had a conversation last night about um, professional jealousy and sort <laughs> of the Highlander uh, complex mm. where you sort of assume that there can only be one Asian in the room you know like one Asian woman succeeding and like for a long time I like struggled with that because I was used to being the only Asian girl in the room or the only Asian girl who had done something and if another Asian girl was doing something 
and like people who are like really good friends to me now but when I didn't know them I'd like see them getting boosted and be like why, why is that me like I hate this like I love their work and like because their work was so good I was so jealous of it mm-hmm. um, and it took me like a while to get over that and realize that boosting each other's work and just creates a larger audience for us and creates more opportunities for us but I think it's a mindset that a lot of authors that aren't uh, like a lot of authors of color still struggle with within our own groups Mm. so there's that side but on the whole I think the community is is so so supportive and it's amazing yeah yeah the mentality of like there can be only one is so destructive because it forces people to like be in competition with one another to put one another down and it's hard because there isn't only one spot and it's yeah it's it's a struggle when like you feel because of you know the system of publishing is you know and maybe in the past and and something that's been challenging and maybe changing for the better is that you there used to be when you know publishers maybe would be like oh we already have an agent book we're okay we don't we don't yeah i mean i think I, i was gonna say like i think part of the reason that we often start out with that mindset is because it's instilled in us by Mm -hmm. gatekeepers or by people who will say like oh you know you're going to have to change these characters or whatever (laughs) there is this idea that I think it's drummed into us about there can there can be only one like I I have had friends who have had people say to them oh we have an Asian book we have an Asian book this season even though it's like completely different book Mm -hmm. or you know I have a friend right now who's um, trying to sell a really cool like Asian martial arts based show and, uh, and some of the feedback oh we already have that we have even if it's like a completely different Asian show yeah. it's just like it sort of like gives you that mindset then of you're like oh well can there be only one like am I in competition with everybody it's and, such a, like a I want to I don't even know if it's, it's American thing but such like a gatekeeping thing to have, have quote like the idea of quotas and yeah, can only yeah. be like the idea that I have this pie and you get one piece right. uh-huh. amongst right. like this entire community when like why not just bake a bigger pie you yeah. make more yeah. money and yeah. also I think that then then it ends up being so great like we were talking about how like everybody supports each other mm-hmm. and that just means like everybody has a bigger book event everybody has like a bigger you know retweet <laughs> count on, on Twitter when, when your book's on sale like it just it, being able to come together like that just makes everyone better yeah I saw this amazing cartoon that was about professional jealousy between artists, but I think it applies to writers, where it's like two pieces of cake and like oh, one yeah. slightly prettier, and the, <laughs> one of the creators of the cake pieces is like, er, that cake is better than mine. But then from the perspective of the cake eater or the reader, it's like, more cake for me. <laughs> more cake is better, always. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's also like one of the things I love about like the Heroin Complex series is that you have multiple Asian American yeah. characters, and it's something that we don't see a lot in media mm-hmm. where oftentimes they're like okay there's one Asian character there's one gay person there's yeah. one person and then, you know you can only be one thing and I love that you know and it's one of the things that like you know when we're talking about representation and making sure that people are like complex and nuanced characters that because you have multiple characters of color and you have multiple characters from a similar background that one person doesn't have to be all one thing and no one book can be one thing and it's interesting to see like there's a lot of there's criticism I feel like especially like authors of color get for their books because people are like oh that isn't my immigrant yeah, experience that isn't my, my exact experience, experience. Yeah. yeah but it is like no community is a monolith and 
And I mean, isn't that the point of media literature to like put yourself in someone else's shoes for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's it's one of those things that like I can understand from the reader side because certainly whenever. I've seen something coming out where it's like an Asian girl doing something. I'm like, oh my God, I must have this. Like, I'm obsessed with it. Like, and then it's sort of like, there's so much pressure on that one thing to be everything to you. And no, no piece of media can do that. Um, So I think that's why, like we all keep saying, there just needs to be more of everything. Mm -hmm. If there's more of everything, then there's something for everybody. Something for everyone. Yeah. More cake for everybody. (laughs) More cake for everyone. (laughs) Well, I want to thank you all for joining me. Uh, during your busy Comic-Con schedules to chat. So what's next for, for y'all? Rebecca, what's next for you? I am going to go to another party tonight and <laughs> <laughs> drink more. Um, nice. Writing guys, I'm, I'm working on edits for book two, oh. which has a title now. It Yay. is The Dragon Yay. Republic. Oh, yeah. And crying and drafting book three. <laughs> awesome. Carrie? Um, I'm working on the next in the Sidekick Squad series. It's called Not Your Backup. It'll be out in 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, as for Comic-Con, I'm on a panel later today called um, Into the Fan Zone. And we're, I'm with uh, Marcus Shiro, Britta Lindine, uh, Danica Stone, and Jen Wilde. We're going to be chatting about fandom and YA. And then tomorrow I'll be on a panel called um, The Fake Geek Girl Fallacy. And Sarah will also be there. And we're just going to dismantle the myth of the so-called fake geek girl. <laughs> um, I am working on more books in the Heroin Complex series. Um, we're doing a novella and then three more novels wow. um, starting next year. Wow. And so I'm really excited about that because it was, you know, sold as a trilogy. And then as I was writing it, I was like, oh, I kind of want to stay here for a while. So um, luckily, it you know, did super well. Thank you again, Asian American community. Um, and uh, so they asked for more. So I'm excited about that. Um, I have a YA novel coming out next year that's actually my YA debut. It's um, a contemporary rom-com, so there's no, like, magic or powers or anything. <laughs> it's just, like, people being cute. Um, and Is that I Love You I so Love You So Much? Oh, yes. I'm so excited. My editor, Jeffrey West, came up with that title, and it's just, like, it's so, like, delightful every time I see it but um, it sounds yeah very it's, sugary it's sweet. very like um, it's like a Japanese American girl who goes on spring break to Japan and she has a romance with this guy who is like a costume mochi mascot because you know they have so many like costume mascots yeah. in Japan um, and then I have some comics um, I wrote with my friend Amber Benson and um, the artist Siobhan Keenan another Clueless comic book which is um, Summer Vacation because we were trying to keep them in high school for as long as possible so um, it's the it's Cher and Dion and Ty on Summer Vacation and we actually incorporated Summer who is the Asian American character in, okay. Clu- in Clueless the movie played by Nicole Bilderbeck who still looks so young that she also played a teenager in Bring It On several years later um, and then finally just yeah, announced breaking news um, yeah. I'm writing a graphic novel for DC's new DC Inkline, which is uh, YA graphic novels. Um, and I'm writing Batgirl, and it's Cassandra King Batgirl, who is the Asian Batgirl. The best yeah. Batgirl. The best Batgirl. <laughs> it, I'm so excited for that. Yeah. I'm so thrilled that Thank you. Um, oh, I totally forgot to mention. I'm, oh, yeah, because yeah, it, it was just announced, at, and so I'm so used to like, oh, you can't announce it, you can't, can't say anything. anything. <laughs> um, but I'm going to be writing the new Ben 10 graphic novels wow. with, with Boom and Cartoon Network. Congratulations. Thank you. That's so awesome. The, the first will be coming out in uh, March-ish, March-ish of cool. 2019. Who's the artist? 
the artist is um, Irene Chen. I want to. Wow, I used to have such a big crush on Ben Ten. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is the reboot. I'm very excited. It was, it was it was really fun, but also at the same time they're like out because I come from a background of like having loved Ben Ten too, and they're like this is the reboot. So I was I had all these ideas. So like, oh wait, that's the old canon. Focus on the new canon. I was like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but it's still fun. I'm really excited. It's awesome. Congratulations on all your future projects. Uh, again, thank you for taking the time to chat with us. Um, I guess one last thing before we go is where can people find uh, your thoughts on uh, social media? www.rfkwang.com. Also, I am starting a new review blog yeah. by oh. Asian uh, readers talking about books mm. by Asian authors. Okay. And awesome. It'll be super casual, but since I do this on Twitter all the time anyways, I'll just have it on a blog. And I'm so excited about the name. It's Journey to the Best. Oh, that's the best name. Oh, my god. Love it. I like it. I get it, too. <laughs> uh, Carrie? I'm at cb-lee.com, and I'm on Twitter at author underscore cblee. Um, my website is heroinecomplex.com, and I'm on Twitter. It's just my name, Sarah Kuhn. And then I'm kind of trying to start my little um, Instagram which you know, where I post like more of my like outfit pictures and stuff, <laughs> but um, it's Sarah Kuhn books because someone already took Sarah Kuhn. Oh no! <laughs> Who is this? I other don't, they're Sarah not Kuhn. even using it. It's just like a blank page. That's what I had to add books for our listeners. Um, Sarah has a very, very, very. She this is she takes be a compliment. She Marvin. takes she takes dressing up at Comic Con very seriously. Yes, I do. Well, <laughs> <laughs> All amazing outfits. Yeah, yeah. very amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um. Again, thank you so much for joining us and um, have a great rest of the conference. Thank, thank you for having thank us. You. Bye. And that was our interview with CB Lee, RF Kwong, and Sarah Kuhn at Comic Con 2018. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. And that'll also do it for this episode of Books and Boba. If you're enjoying the podcast, um, please follow us on Twitter. Please subscribe to us and let your friends know about our book club and our podcast. And if you haven't done so already, please introduce yourself to the Books and Boba Goodreads group. Um, we have reforms there and we'd love to know more about um, the people that listen and are part of our, um, our little community here. Um, if you have thoughts about the books we read or if you're looking for recommendations, uh, feel free to post on our forums. Sometimes we do pull that feedback and talk about um, your posts on our podcast. Books and Boba is also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian-American-hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian-American community. Again, if you liked that interview, um, it was originally part of the Collabcast, which is a weekly podcast about pop culture from an Asian-American perspective um, that I produce and host as a part of collaboration in nonprofit organizations that supports Asian-Americans in the arts and entertainment. So if you like that, um, please check out the Collabcast. Um, we've, we have over 170 episodes over the last three years with a lot of really, really great interviews. And you can find the Collabcast and the other great programs of the Potluck Collective by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. Um, on that note, um, have a great week. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Books and Boba. Bye.